I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome back to Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. Look at me, I'm on time for once in my life. Um, I, I've, I was actually, I was even starting to annoy myself the last time, the last couple of weeks for being so late with my episodes. So it is Friday. Um, if you're listening to this on a different day, it is not Friday. Make sure you check your calendar. But for me, it's Friday. And I, for ages and ages and ages, have wanted to do an episode on this particular topic, right? So She's always late, she spends money irresponsibly, and she nicknames all her boyfriends. Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City is one of the most loved and simultaneously most loathed characters ever to grace television. And I just need to, (laughs) I just need to talk, basically. I just need to talk to someone over like a virgin cosmopolitan about the fact that I love and adore a show that has such a reprehensible lead character. So. Joining me to do this is someone who is actually in the city that Sex and the City is famous for, the fabled fifth character that is New York City. Stephanie O'Quigley, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be on this end of the microphone. <laughs> yeah, because you're a podcaster too, so you you know all, all about what it's like and you're normally on the other end. Yeah, now I'm nervous. <laughs> don't be, don't be. And like, I, I was just thinking there, I was like, it's it works it so well that you're in New York and this is what we're talking about because they did always say that New York was like the fifth girl in a way of of, of the Sex and City characters, which I I mean, I always thought that was a bit hammy, but whatever, we'll, we'll skip over that. So when I was looking up, I was doing my, my research, I actually went in and I just Googled because I've, I've held this opinion for a long time. I love Sex and the City, but Carrie is an awful wagon and I've I felt like this for a while when I was googling it earlier I googled is Carrie Bradshaw the worst and so many articles have been written about it like so many so what do you think do you think she's the worst or are you like no I love her forever it's funny because I did the exact same thing. I Googled it as well. And I was like, Ashley, like, where did Ashley get this idea that like Carrie Bradshaw is like not a good friend or like she's the worst. But when they laid out the outline of like examples, what she kind of the way she's acted in the show, um, I definitely I can see how and then it was all piecing together like different examples of how she was I would kind of say more of a bad friend than anything because obviously the whole uh, series was centered around the friendship and everything else yeah. but I'd probably say a bit more of a bad friend than anything else she was you know? an absolutely catastrophic friend and the funny thing is right, 
like you know and right so you know if I'm doing research for anything I'll, I'll have a google and see what's out there already so that I'm not writing the same sort of stuff but like in every single feature that I saw about you know the shit things that Carrie did in her sex in the city journey or whatever every single article had different things there wasn't like there was a couple of obvious overlaps that we'll get into in a minute but pretty much every article had noticed different stuff that she was you know really bad at or really bad for and even I like I found a quote from Sarah Jessica Parker obviously for anyone who doesn't know um Sex and City Sarah Jessica Parker played Carrie Bradshaw and she said in a Wall Street Journal article uh no sorry a Wall Street Journal magazine article that and this is a quote from Sarah Jessica Parker in truth it took real work every day to be her to understand her to not judge her so even Sarah Jessica Parker thought she was a bit of a wagon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you when you when you look back on the show, you do kind of get the sense. You kind of go, yeah, she was the needy friend. Like she was the one that was needy, you know. And I mean, like she was she was the lead character. So the world of Sex and the City did, and was supposed to revolve around her. But like some of the things I was looking at, like in terms of friendships, right? So the first thing I looked at was the the gals. So Samantha and Charlotte and Miranda, and like. It was very much all about her. So if any of her her friends were going through, you know, problems or whatever, you know, she would be, she would bring the conversation back around to herself. Like I remember thinking Samantha was actually going through chemo at one point and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got a new boyfriend called Alexander Petrovsky. And, you know, like you're just kind of like your friend has cancer. You need to calm down. Yeah, that one was one of the biggest examples that they kind of highlighted. And I know like this is, you know, I think the series started in 1994 or the early 90s to like the early 2000s, you know, so it's a different era for for sure. But I mean, friendship doesn't, shouldn't have like a timestamp on it, you know. No, not. And like she, another thing that I was thinking of the, in terms of friends, so like I've got individual examples that I found, but when I was thinking of it in general, like she always seemed to be ditching her friends for, for guys. And one of the things that I, that sticks out for me is, do you remember the episode where Miranda is sitting at the end of a bar and she's meant to be meeting Carrie and Miranda yeah. is in the bar and she rings her and she's like, where are you? Like, what's going on? And Carrie's like, yeah, you see, Big has bought this veal and I, you know, I'm going to stay here with him. And yes. And Miranda's just like, oh, yeah, grand. Like, I would absolutely, I would turn up at my mate's door and break it down if they had done that on me. And yeah, and she was she was unapologetic about it. Like, she just was like, oh, I have, like, veal and, like, this expensive meat, which would cost so much more in New York City. And she's just like, you know what? And, and then Miranda's even disgusted by the fact that she's even eaten like veal. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. There's so many layers to it. And then she does, she fucking goes and does the same thing again. Do you remember, I can't, I can't even remember the, I think it was like the winter and it was like freezing cold out and she was in uh, Alexander Petrovsky or as she nicknamed, nicknamed the Russian's apartment and she was sitting on the couch and she was meant to be meeting the three other girls the three of them not just one person but three girls she was meant to be meeting them for brunch and they ring her and they're like uh you coming to brunch like we're all here and she's like no it's really cold and the Russian is making me tea yeah and she's like I'm downtown which I totally get like if you're on the other side of Manhattan it's like it's like another, like a whole different 
situation trying to get uptown but like okay, <laughs> okay. like that's it's not an excuse like and they, that was their brunch that they all like they always did brunch like it wasn't yeah. just like a random thing no they na- they never missed it and it was a thing like do you know as in if you had a regular Sunday brunch organized with your pals you you wouldn't let yourself get all the way uptown or downtown or wherever to you know, the kind of way um exactly yeah Although, to be fair, I'm sure the logistics of Manhattan are somewhat different to the logistics of Dublin. I can only imagine what the <laughs> what trying to get across that city must be like. <laughs> yeah. The, have you ever been to New York? I have, but I've never, I haven't ever been there for long enough to get a good, um, a good sense of the, the size of it. You know, I've kind of been there and gone to a few places. Like I was there twice, once with my parents as a child. And we kind of did the touristy things like we went over to the Statue of Liberty and to Ellis Island and stuff. And Mm. then I was there with friends when I was like, I think I was 20. And we were only there for like, I think, 28 hours or something. And all we really did was like go around shopping in like right in the center of of Manhattan, you know. So there was never like I didn't get to kind of go exploring and see the city and get my bearings or anything like that so um yeah but you'd obviously have a much better idea than me uh, considering you how long are you live in, in in New York now for four years actually. oh my god oh, I know I remember when you were moving there I remember being like oh my god this is like this is a big deal this is huge and how are you finding yeah. it? you love it still Oh, I love it so much. Like, I just love it so much. And like, even though I'm not like, I, I, first of all, my attention to detail with like TV shows or anything like that is like, I wouldn't remember a lot of specifics about what happened in Sex and the City, just kind of general gist. Yeah. But like Sex and the City was always part of like my inspiration to want to move to New York. Like it was like, I, I definitely like watched episodes like, you know, day in, day out. And like, you know, I had the, I had the uh, tapes and different things like that but I just uh yeah I love it here and I think even being stuck in my apartment in quarantine has made me just want New York more like I just want my New York lifestyle back like it's just it's a different world the romance of that that sounds so nice Um, (laughs) I have to I must when when this is all over I must get back to New York it's it's somewhere I've been saying I want to go back to with my husband I've been saying for ages I want to go back and properly explore and properly see it so um but yeah one of the things like I was thinking because the way you said there that like Sex and the City kind of gave you the idea of of New York and what life would be like in Manhattan and stuff like Carrie I remember watching Carrie as a child or as a teenager an early teenager and like I've always kind of in, in, a, in a way wanted to be a journalist like I remember as a child um I'd be like four and I'd be making I'd be cutting up bits of newspapers and making little magazines and trying to sell them to my parents like for 10p and stuff so it was always something <laughs> it was always it was always in the back of my mind and then as I got older you know Carrie would have been one of the reasons that I thought like oh like I might like to get into journalism or I might like to get into magazines or whatever and one of the reasons I I have come to think that she's the worst is that she has given I mean women the world over a completely skewed view of what it is to be a magazine columnist and like I I kind of blame her for some of the emails I used to get when I was editor of of Exposing Magazine because I'd get these mails from girls 
who had never written before. Oh no. <laughs> Like I'd get mails and they'd be so earnest. And I, ne- in fairness, I always go back to them, but like I'd get emails from girls who had never written before, who had no experience, who were not writers. And they would mail me and be like, listen, I have an idea. I would love for you to give me a column so that I can write about being single in Dublin. And I'd be like, and I'd get one a week. I'd literally get one of those emails every single week. And I'd have to politely be like, look, thank you. What an idea. So original. At the moment, I don't have any budget for that. But thank you for coming to me with it. And I'd have to be like super polite. But I blame Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah, she totally set that idea up. Like totally. Yeah. And she also... um I mean, I don't know what, you know, if you're living in a rent controlled apartment or whatever, but she, she completely uh, gave every wannabe writer a, a skewed view of how much you stand to earn and how many pairs of shoes you can buy from earning a journalist's wage. Like there's no way, like that's one thing that kills me about New York is like the rent is obviously so expensive, but also like the cost of living. And like, if you're going to buy... I don't personally buy designer labels like I'm not necessarily interested but if you're going to buy designer labels and you go to Fifth Avenue you're going to pay a surplus for those items if you bought them somewhere else you know like it's like I always used to find maybe I'm wrong but I always used to find if you go into Brown Thomas in Dublin versus somewhere else like you know it's you're going to pay to to buy the the same product the same shoes the same bag Totally. in this exclusive fifth yeah. avenue store because yeah. you're paying their rent i mean they're paying their rent is extortionate like you're paying for the rent and the whole the the um you know the sales assistants in there giving you like a personalized experience and everything else so like everything is just so much more expensive here like everything and anything and yes she just she writes like what, one column a week and then just like like lives her life like <laughs> so unrealistic and that's one of the things this is kind of the first big thing that I, I found to be like quote unquote bad about Carrie like I mean, and I'll preface this by saying I absolutely love Sex and the City. And in a way, I do love Carrie. But this, I remember this and I just remember being absolutely flabbergasted. So she she works out that she has, so she has to sell her, uh, sorry, she has to buy her apartment, basically. And she can't live in it for rent anymore. She has to buy it for whatever the reason is. And she is kind of like, okay, I need a down payment. I need about 40 grand or whatever it is that she decides she needs and she's adding it up in her head and she's like okay well where's all my money gone because obviously she's a completely useless saver she hasn't saved any money and she she works out that she spent 40 grand on all of her shoes so she's she's got a massive designer shoe collection but she has no money to buy her apartment I can't (laughs) who is this woman but then right so she then then she goes to Charlotte her friend who is you know, has married a really wealthy man and also comes from considerable wealth. She's a wasp. She goes to her friend Charlotte and she's like, yeah, look, I've no money. Uh, I need to buy my apartment. So I'm stuck here, lads. What's the story? And she's looking at Charlotte and she's looking at her. Do you remember this episode? And Charlotte, Yeah, they're sitting at the table and Charlotte's not looking at her. Yeah, no, she's looking away and she's not making yeah. contact. And so then... 
she didn't get any luck. So she was obviously going begging to her to her pals to bail her out, right? For no good reason other than, hi, I'm completely irresponsible with money. Like I wouldn't mind if she'd gone to them and been like, look, I actually had to buy my mother a house because she had nowhere to live. Like there was no good reason for her to have no money. But she goes to them and none of them offer immediately to bail her out, right? So she goes to Big's office and she makes this like fake she kind of fakes like a, I was just wondering if you could give me advice on how you made all your money. And and is that something that I could do within the space of 30 days? Like, I'm sorry, Carrie, but that's a very thinly veiled, like, do you know what I mean? Like, can you just give me the money big? Is that what? Is she, that- she knew that he was going to give her the money. Like, she knew that he would. She knew that he'd offer. And then she, she ended up not taking it anyway. But she goes then and she fucking busts into Charlotte's house and gives her shit for not giving her the 40 grand for her down payment. She laid into her, like, didn't she? Like, laid into her. But that sense of entitlement is is very, very childish. It is absolutely. It, she's so entitled. And I think that theme of entitlement runs throughout the whole show. Like, even when, um, do you remember she goes to the, she goes to her friend's, uh, baby part, baby's party or baby shower or something, and her shoes get stolen at the door, and she's yeah, and she's like, yeah, are you going to pay me for them? And the mate is like, no, I didn't steal your shoes, <laughs> you know, like, but he still insists that she pays her back, and like, I just think the sense of entitlement in Carrie Bradshaw is off the charts. And she's saying that when the shoes got stolen, she's saying like, oh, we people as like as single people we have to like yeah. fork out for you know ba- baby showers weddings whatever it might be and then yet the, nobody comes back and gives them like a single person a gift <laughs> yeah like I mean what do you want to parade like do you know as in of course if you, your friend gets married or your friend has a baby there it, it's a tradition that you give them a gift but like she's really playing the like poor uh, poor me card when it comes to like the the shoes and and oh that that really like rubbed me up the wrong way and I could totally empathize with the girl who was like no I'm not gonna pay for your extortionately priced shoes you mad bitch um and then so that was something that she did on Charlotte kind of mainly she also slut shamed her friend Samantha which I really couldn't get on board with because it the show she did that many times Like she did throughout the whole season. The one I was kind of thinking of was, do you remember the one where Samantha got a delivery or or like the UPS guy was in the office or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> giving him a blowjob and she and Carrie walks in and she's like, oh, oh, oh. And later on. She shoots then, out of the place then. And yeah. she's like, I wouldn't have done that if I was you. And Oh, like, but it's so, it's so slut shamey. And like, one of the things I was thinking as well was like you kind of notice the more you watch the show and you'll probably notice this now even more so the next time you watch it as you watch the episodes Carrie never actually discusses sex she listens while Miranda and Charlotte and Samantha discuss sex and she kind of interjects with jibes she doesn't actually even interject with nice comments she interjects with like you know kind of she is kind of slagging them a lot but then I was thinking why is that I was always like why does she never get involved in the chat why does she never divulge like she never even says the proper terminology for like body parts the way that Samantha or Miranda would 
And I read then that in Sarah Jessica Parker's contract, A, she was the only one that had a no nudity clause in her contract. Yes, yeah. And also she had it in her contract that she never had to speak about those issues directly from like as in she'd take part in discussions where they were they were talked about but she didn't ever have to talk about her sex life per se in those chats and I just thought that was really interesting because she's so quick to shut um to shut slame I was about to say to slut shame but she won't she's not able to talk about those things herself so that was kind of a an interesting one as well yeah and for a show that was kind of the beginning of that like evolvement into female empowerment and they even I think they said at one point of the show they're having sex like men which to them meant sleeping with somebody and like feeling nothing afterwards like for for somebody for a show like that it was interesting to see somebody like Charlotte or um Miranda who were kind of seen more as like uptight or you know like more prudish or whatever yeah yeah discreet uh kind of girls and even they were just being honest and having like the chat with the gals and like just talking about their sex life but Carrie never like came and shared her kind of side of the story and just I suppose she kind of sat on this on the sideline and judged them a little bit didn't she she did this is it like um, she was kind of and I mean I know like you can't look back at these shows I mean like you said it started in like the the mid late 90s and did finish in like 2004 so it was kind of a different era in terms of, you know, trans visibility and, you Absolutely, know, yeah. different kinds of, you know, so it is, it hasn't aged well in certain respects, but there's a lot, I remember there's a line in it where she says, they're talking about, um, I think, I think it's Carrie actually who, who starts going out with this guy and he's bisexual and she is discussing it with the girls and she essentially says, I'm not even sure if bisexuality exists. I think it's just a layover on the way to gay town. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, wow. And like for, for a show that was in many ways so progressive, that to yeah. me, like I, I kind of was thinking then, I was like, well, no wonder Sarah Jessica Parker had such a hard time you know, getting on board with Carrie if she's coming out with such like nonsense, you know, opinions about something like bisexuality. I just thought that was uh Yeah. Cool, like I remember her saying that. I remember the guy being like, um, oh, and then it was before before that ex it was my it was my ex Mark. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> like she yeah. was just shocked. Yeah, and she and it, it was such a um, a jarring moment, like um 
just before we move on to the next uh, point of, you know, in the, the story of why Carrie is so shit, I, I asked <laughs> on um, Private Education's uh, Instagram account, I asked, um, you know, what what are your kind of strong feelings about Carrie Bradshaw to just to see if anyone would get back. And I have so many responses, like so many responses, they flooded in. So I'm just going to read like maybe 10 or so just to give an idea of, the general feeling about Carrie. So she is awful, a terrible friend. She is so selfish, not a good friend. Rewatching and don't hate her, but she always got away with being a dick. Uh, Laura says, I love her, but she's incredibly self, incredibly self-absorbed. Um, this next one says, I'm a fan, but yeah, watching back, she's pretty problematic a lot of the time. I'm filled with rage when she ends up with big every time. I always hope for a different ending. Uh, Elizabeth said she was a terrible friend most of the time her big love with big pisses me off it's toxic um someone else says it's the absolute she's the absolute worst she didn't deserve Aiden she had to be the center of attention all the time she had many opinions sorry she said this girl says I have many opinions but the main one being she picked big over Aiden. Absolute melt. <laughs> she was so mean. <laughs> she was so mean to Aiden. Oh my like, God. She, she like accepted his proposal and then like with no intention of marrying him. Like she was so bad to him. Let's actually talk about that for a minute. So one of the actual, like genuine, one of the biggest things that I think Carrie is to blame for and did wrong was how she mistreated Aiden. Because let's look at it. Like, I mean, he... He is a bit of a catch, you know, like as in he was really nice. He was good looking. He was hard working. He was like an entrepreneur. He had ambition. He he had plans for himself. He had plans for them as a couple, which isn't something that happens very often, actually, when you start seeing someone new. He really kind of, you know, he really made a lot of effort with her. He wanted her to meet his parents and she got all awkward about it. And then she cheated on him. She put up a curtain in their apartment to separate them. She wouldn't wear the engagement ring that he bought. He, she would wear it only around her neck. She slagged off the house he built. She cheated on him. Then she coerced him back into their relationship. And then she dumped him. <laughs> yeah, and remember, yeah, she she never gave him a chance. But do you remember the time where she like got invited out to, and this is again, it's kind of like, and I hate to say it because, you know, it's a show or whatever, but it was, it's kind of like toddler behavior. Mm. Like she, she went out to his, like, I think his parents' house or his house. And she just kept on saying like how bad the countryside was. And she just didn't want to get involved in like anything and didn't show any, like she wasn't open to like learning new things and just wanted to get back to the city. Like, and do you remember then, I think, was it the same episode where she invited Big to the cabin? That, yes, I don't know. And he, she was like, uh, she was, he was like, why the hell is this guy here? Yeah, that was yeah, like, I mean, like, oh, he's having a hard time. So I'm just going to invite this man that you suspect I might still be in love with. <laughs> I'm going to invite him to your cabin in the woods where we're having a romantic weekend. And then they end up having a fight, don't they? Yeah, it's like, who does that? That's who? Unacceptable. If, if that was one of your friends, wouldn't you just say, like, wouldn't you want to shake them, like? Oh, my God. It, you would not, like, I would, if a friend of mine did that, genuinely, I'd be like, what is, are you on drugs? Like, what is wrong with you? That is insane behavior. Like, to invite 
bit like one one thing you know it's one thing going out to the countryside because she was very much a Manhattan snob like she was very like oh I don't go to Brooklyn like never mind anywhere else in the world but she she wouldn't go to like the suburbs and she was kind of snobby about the you know going out to the cabin and not having a phone signal and not having you know all her kind of her accoutrements of the city life that she was so used to but then to invite big like what the hell I just I don't know. I just don't get it um she also let's not forget on the subject of big who she obviously kept going back to time and time again even though he was a dickhead she stalked Natasha big's wife and tried to ask for like to try to say sorry and get like forgiveness from her yeah like, <laughs> but again it's entitlement like who who do you think you are that you deserve that like you're not entitled to this woman's forgiveness you literally had sex with her husband multiple times while they were still married and then you made her fall down the stairs and break her nose like just and then you're you're like chasing after her and turning up to restaurants asking her to forgive you and like it's pure, it was a pure, like, I don't know what you think, but it, I feel like it was a pure, you know, you know, when you do something really bad on someone and you know it's your fault, but you can't live with it. So you have to, yeah, you have to calm your own guilt down by asking them for forgiveness or asking them to say, oh no, it's okay. It's fine. Like that's what she wanted off yeah. Natasha. Natasha just wasn't giving it to her. Like, yeah, I remember her being like, if, if I if I could take everything back, I would. It's like, would you though? Like, would you carry? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't and no, and there's a difference between showing remorse and asking for and asking for forgiveness. There's a diff- like you can show remorse and say, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, and like wa- wipe your hands of it and walk away. To your point, if it's guilt, that's kind of like you know crippling you. But like to ask for forgiveness is like going that extra step and thinking, oh, I'll just say sorry and she'll just forgive me. Like, what example is that setting to people? Like, you can't just have affairs. <laughs> this is it. Like, and it just, the kind of, the audience were expected to, to I don't know, not judge Carrie for engaging mm. in the affair when, you know, everyone knew. Like, you know, even like the girls on the show, they knew, I think, was it Samantha that found out what was going on? And then they were like, well, don't tell Miranda because Miranda will give out to you. Like Miranda is like the moral high horse of the group. But like, they all should have been given out to her. They all should have been like, what the hell are you doing? Like this, first of all, Big is a disaster of a person. And second of all, you shouldn't be cheating because you know that he's like you're making him engage in an affair and I know like I'm not saying she's making him in the sense that it takes two of course and he is to blame partially but like she knew of his she knew of the existence of of his wife and I just think yeah like that's unacceptable that's um, yeah and another thing like she is like like the um commenter was saying on the Instagram she is very self-involved and like one moment that kind of stuck out to me in the self-involvement I guess is the episode where like all of her friends Samantha Miranda and Charlotte all have a lot going on throughout the six series they're all you know in and out of relationships they're having babies and cancer and marriages and you know my husband can't get it up and all of these things (laughs) and you know they, they go through so much and it always seems to come around to 
the thing that's happening to Carrie is the most important. And the 100%, thing, yeah. The one that stuck out to me in that regard was, do you remember the episode, the, the famous episode with the post-it, that Berger, um, Berger writes on a post-it, he breaks up with her by post-it and he says on it, uh, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. And he sticks the post-it on her, on her table. And they go to like a nightclub that night and get in trouble with the cops for smoking weed and all this kind of stuff. But like, in that episode, there are other things, other kind of way more important things going on in, in her friends' lives. And I just feel like it was really like immature or something of her to constantly be like, yeah, but he broke up with me on a post-it. Can you not see how that's the most important thing in the universe right now? Like she didn't, she always seemed to bring every single topic back around to herself. Yeah, like it, it, like when you compare it to Samantha's cancer, like that was only kind of a a side conversation, a once or you know that wasn't a big ordeal yeah. Yeah. for Samantha, and she she carried on, you know, she carried on living her life, and and she just owned it, you know, and and yeah. she didn't, you know, she kind of dealt with it herself, and and she didn't look to lean on her friend group as much as Carrie would for somebody, you know, writing something on a post-it. Yeah, for something relatively minor, like Carrie demanded a lot of her friends' attention. And something that actually jumped out at me and and continues to kind of not bother me, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sitting around every day thinking about this. But <laughs> one of the things that I always think of in the show is, did you ever notice how Carrie seems to be each of their best friends? Like as in Miranda and Carrie are the closest to each other and Samantha and Carrie are the closest to each other and Charlotte and Carrie are the closest to each other. Like Carrie seems to demand that each of them is her best friend. Like she gets alone time with them as well. Exactly. Like, and she never kind of, it never becomes apparent that like, oh, well actually Charlotte and Samantha are super close even their friendship seems to revolve around her life. So like, it's almost as though the four of them, like she's the fulcrum of all of their activity and all of their chats and all of their, you know, their whole lives are basically focused around this one totally self-indulgent person. (laughs) Like it's just, it's Yeah, and the the pinnacle of that, like the the real pinnacle of that was when they went to Abu Dhabi and on the, or sorry, the, the honeymoon in oh yeah um, yeah 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 was it New Mexico or just no, me- just Mexico sorry Mexico yeah in in the film yeah yeah and like they all had to drop everything and like you know jump through hoops to get to just to go on this honeymoon for her because you know and it's I'm not saying I mean the way that big didn't turn up to the wedding or whatever and the whole scene it was horrible but like everything on that trip as well was revolved around her they were tiptoeing around her and that's something that friends do you know if like friends all come on board and if if a tragic situation like that happens but it's just this constant it was just this constant theme of them all directing that way and then like the pinnacle in the movie of them just like dropping everything and the whole movie is about just them catering to her on the on the fake honeymoon it totally is and like even you know when the kind of concept of oh samantha's like i got us all on the flight to mexico or whatever 
And Miranda's like, I have kids and a job. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, they manage to just drop their whole lives and support their pal, who has traditionally treated them like shit for years and years and years. Um, it just seems mad. And then, like, one final thing I will say, and this has always bothered me, right? But I am a fan, and you don't know this about me, Stephanie, but I am a fan of a good pun. I really like I really appreciate a well crafted <laughs> pun. I like a well made pun. And Carrie, like, isn't I'm gonna say she's an insult to writers everywhere or faux writers everywhere because she makes the worst puns and the worst jokes. And the one that sticks in my mind that I cringe so hard every time I hear her say is the one where, you know, Big announces that he's moving to California. And she's like devastated. I know exactly what you're going to say. (laughs) If you're tired, you take a Napa. You don't move to Napa. (laughs) Again, because it's about her. Like she just wanted it to come back to her. She didn't want him to move to California. Yeah. And the only reason was because she was like, oh, well, you'll be less close to me then. Because, you know, I don't know. She just had her motivations, I have to say, were just arseways. And that like... The bad jokes and the bad puns. I mean, like, I don't know. Obviously, that wasn't anything to do with Sarah Jessica Parker. This was down to the creators. So Darren Starr is the kind of creator. And then Michael Patrick King was, I think, like the main director. And then Candace Bushnell obviously came up with the character. Sometimes I wonder, does Candace Bushnell, who who created the character of Carrie, does she, is does it upset her that kind of the TV show and the movies brought her in such a self-indulgent bratty direction I wonder does that like keep her up at night yeah I mean the whole I suppose the this the when the show was at its best was Mm. really when when it was focused on the single women navigating in this world that was that's built for couples you know like they were just they were they were in their single stage and moment and I think that kind of female empowerment theme probably stemmed from Candace you know, in her book and the character development. But I'm sure that the once the producers and, and directors got their hands on on the idea for the show, it kind of was was tweaked, you know, to yeah. kind of be more, you know, applicable to TV entertainment. Yeah, like I don't know how many of the bad puns we can blame on Candace. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like she's getting a short shrift there for blaming all the shit puns on her. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't imagine so I like the the very last thing I want to say before we wrap up is and and I think any woman listening any any person listening will agree that this was just not possible Carrie and this is a this is me this is like a personal gripe I have with Carrie Carrie always had visible abs and yet she never ever seemed to exercise <laughs> you see well I I totally get that but she um she's very lean she must have a very fast metabolism because even in her even ever since that so the show finished filming in 2004 it's 2020 now like do I don't know you do I'm not I'm not a mathematician (laughs) I'm no mathematician but she's much older now (laughs) but you know you see her like you know she lives here in New York she lives probably like um when I say she I mean Sarah Jessica Parker lives probably a 10 10 minute walk from me right now and like she's still in her older age she's still thin she's very slim 
And once, oh like, God. everybody has abs, like, everybody you walking around? around. you ever see her walking around? Um, no, but I know my friend actually works in her house. Not as, like, she doesn't work as, like, a cook or anything, but she actually tutors in the house. You're joking. Yeah, no, I, like, I'm not going to say the person's name. I'm sure they won't mind because it's totally anonymous. Yeah, but she tutors no, her son. That She's is- an Irish girl. Oh my god, that's an that's amazing! So you kind of you have a link to Sarah Jessica Parker in a way, and like I fi- I suppose it's totally fair. You can't really blame Sarah Jessica Parker for having abs, but you can blame Carrie for like eating brunch every Sunday and not doing any sort of <laughs> exercise, and then still having that banging bod that Sarah Jessica Parker probably worked pretty hard for. Like I I get the feeling, you know that. Yeah, she probably has a fast metabolism, but I think it, it strikes me as like she has like muscle as well. You know, like she she obviously does her Pilates or, you know, some sort of like mad exercise. But I can't yeah. I can't believe that your pal works for it. That's actually so cool. And so um like it's such a small world, even though it's not at all to do the kind of way. So and that's the thing when you when you when you live over, I suppose, in, in a place like Manhattan or you know New York in general you kind of just go like you know like my another I'm not like trying to name drop at all because like I'm like oh, give me not, it all I'm ready for I'm it. not in this scene but this is totally like off this is to, and you can clip this out if it's too much but uh my but 50 cents 50 cents office is in my building so um he our building is right beside Times Square or beside the New York Times and uh like he's in that building so like he's upstairs every day working and I'm like in my office working as well and there's not many it's not a high-rise building like it's pretty I think there's 11 floors or something which is quite or sorry 12 which is quite not not that much for New York obviously yeah yeah yeah. and so he's up there in the penthouse and then like he released a book he released his new book um just about like kind of like an autobiography book and he's like describing the building and everything else and I'm here like listening to the book and I'm like his office is like right upstairs for me like for the last like three years like it's just mad like you just kind of say insane and like so do you see him around the building like I don't uh the girls uh have seen him uh, a couple of times in the elevator but like I wasn't particularly like dying to see him but I would see all his crew like and they would stick out like a mile like you'd see all the crew coming in like so mad yeah so mad and I love how you're like no I'm not mad on 50 now I like if it was somebody else I might be in there (laughs) (laughs) I mean I don't know what I would say I'd freeze up I'd be like oh god I don't want to be like this weirdo coming up like asking for a photo (laughs) I'm sure he probably gets it all the time He's very recognisable, God bless him. Um, Stephanie, thank you so much. I, I'm so grateful for you, uh, to you for coming on and talking to me about Sex and the City, especially given that you are in New York right now. And we, with the time difference and all that kind of crack, I know it's an awkward time for, for probably for both of us. So I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for coming on. No, I appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure talking about a nice fluffy TV show in in this time. Yeah, it's a nice distraction. And, you know, I, I like we've all kind of seen how things have been going in New York. So we were talking a little bit before just about how things are over there. And I'm glad that it's there is some kind of improvement happening. It's the same here. Like it's it's slow, but it is steady and it's happening. And people are, for the most part here anyway, taking things quite seriously. And you were saying it's the same in, in New York. 
yeah, we're seeing, thankfully, seeing some light, you know, at the end of the tunnel now. So Brilliant. we'll have to we'll have to figure it out and and see what we can get back to our to our old New York soon, if yeah. that's possible in some ways. I think it'll all be it'll all be changing in some way, but um, yeah, hopefully back to some kind of new normal um in the near future. But thank you again, Stephanie, and thanks everyone to uh, for listening and for sending me in your disgust about Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> that was really appreciated, and actually, I got I got a good laugh um, reading reading through them all. Everyone, it, people have very strong feelings about her, and there was a lot of. I thought it was quite interesting how there was a lot of. I love her, but and that was kind of a common theme, and that is how I feel about it. I will never stop watching Sex and the City. It's one of the ones. Between, I think, that and Friends and maybe Criminal Minds. I'm really showing my taste in TV here, but those three shows, I will always go back and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. And that, like, I mean, even as much as it was my favorite season, the the uh, last two episodes in Paris are just iconic and they'll never get old. And I'll watch them again and again and again. And I'll always just about tear up at the end when you know everything works out for like some kind of fairy tale which we all know isn't true kids so yeah thanks a million for listening and delighted for us all that we're on time this friday Um, and i shall talk to you next week stay safe have fun goodbye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.